0: You're not telling me anything. Bismillah. Bismillah Alhamdulillah. Salatu wassalamu ala Rasulillah. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa mawala. Amma ba'd. as alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala. Wa barakatuh. How's everybody doing? Good? Yeah, recording red? Red dot in the corner? Okay, alhamdulillah. Good stuff. So today, inshallah ta'ala, we are continuing um, with the third hadith of Imam al Nawi. In which Allah, uh, excuse me, in which the Prophet ﷺ said, Islamu ala khams, that uh, Islam is built upon five. And so we went through uh, the shahada. We talked about as sala in in detail. And now, inshallah ta'ala we we're going to talk about wa'ita is zakah. yu'ti means to give. And a zakah, zakah is an interesting term. It, mean, it it comes from the root verb zakah, zakat zakahen, which means two things. It means to grow. And it also means to remove or to purify something. And the idea is, it sounds like a contrast, it sounds like it's opposites, right? Are you, is it adding and growing, or is it removing and becoming less? Is it more or less? Which one is it? And the idea is, uh, even even yezku and also tezkia, zakah yu it implies to grow in terms of good, like in terms of blessings and in terms of good things, and it means to purify as in remove the negative. So it's quite a comprehensive term. And it implies it has a, a, a whole a holistic sort of meaning, if you will. That's the linguistic meaning. However, zakah with a tamarbuta, uh, zakah implies what istilahan, uh, uh, or uh, uh, contextually, or you could say technically, from an Islamic perspective, is uh, giving two point five percent of your annual annual excess income, or one fortieth. Two point five percent is also one fortieth of your excess uh, excess excuse me excess uh, uh, um, wealth. And uh, and so, yes, uh, this is something that the Muslim is supposed to do every single year. Well, now, the question is, why is it that this, uh, uh, this uh, uh, practice of zakah is called zakah? Like, why would it be given that name? Like, why can't it just be called the giving of money or something like that, right? Uh, uh, why is it specifically called this purification, if you will, or this growth? And the idea is because when you... there's there's, there's multiple implications. One is that you are growing spiritually you are stepping on your materialism and you're allowing your heart to soar and to increase in good and and blessings because you are putting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before your own shahawat, before your own desires. So in in terms of blessings you grow. Also the more charity you give Allah ta'ala is going to put blessings in your money so your wealth is actually going to increase inshallah ta'ala. Your wealth is going to you know uh, as we know Uh, uh, charity does not decrease wealth. Why is that the case? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best of accountants. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who controls all wealth. And so when Allah ta'ala sees that the the believer is giving, Allah ta'ala will keep on allowing that believer to keep on receiving. So that's one that's from the growth perspective. In terms of the purification, you're removing that materialism, you're removing that worldliness, that obsession with dunya. You're removing it from your heart. So that's the implication behind zakat. In fact, the professor mentions man adda zakata malihi faqad dhahaba anhu sharruhu. Whoever pays zakat on his wealth will have its evil removed from it or its evil removed from him. In other words, whatever evil you may have acquired while you were earning. So let's say you're working a job and a certain percentage, I don't know, let's say you clocked in uh, a little bit too early and you didn't, weren't really working. Or let's say you were slacking off and so you're taking money that you didn't really earn or you didn't do the job very well. Uh, uh, I don't know, whatever the case may be, there's certain uh, lapses in judgment, there's certain slip-ups, etc. There's certain sin involved in what you're doing. Whatever percentage of evil is involved in that uh, wealth, by giving zakah, you are throwing away whatever the evil portion is. And so subhanAllah, you are purifying your wealth in that sense. Hence, tazkiyah, hence purification. Uh, it's also interesting that this concept of tezkiah is a much bigger concept. Uh, usually tezkiah is translated as purification of the soul, or again, growth of the soul, spiritual increase. And uh, it's interesting that there's three words that are usually described with it, and they all have the same, uh, if you will, pattern when it's written. They are tahliya, tahliya, and tajliya. And if you realize that those, th- the only thing that's changing is the letters Ha, and and all of them are written the same except one has a dot on top one has no dots and the other one has a dot on the bottom so just and what do these three words mean is to vacate or to empty yourself as in to empty yourself of spiritual impurities uh, try to get rid of jealousy and rancor and hatred and uh, uh, various desires and so on and so forth. So they say that if you really want to purify, if you want, if you want to spiritually grow, you need to do first number one, tahliya, empty out all the bad qualities. Number two, tahliya. Tahliya means adornment, as in adorn and beautify the soul with a beautiful ibadat and characteristics and qualities. Try to increase in good deeds. So it's kind of the whole idea of remove first and then add second. Same thing with la ilaha illallah. First, you remove. Uh, false beliefs of any sort of deity and then you affirm belief in Allah Ta'ala. You know, you you, you can't uh, eat junk food and then say, oh, I'm going to add to my diet just a little bit of healthy food. If you still maintain the junk food, it's not going to help much. The idea is you need to remove the the, the harm and then inshallah ta'ala start adding the good. And the third one is tajliya. Tajliya means clarification, or you could say, in this case, spiritual awakening or enlightenment. So anyway, this is, these are some terms that are used to imply how, what steps are necessary to uh, uh, achieve a, a, a greater spiritual state. Now, of course, there's another term that is used for charity. So other than zakah, what is it? Sadaqah, exactly. Sadaqah implies what? That you give in charity. Uh, 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 now, where does the word Sadaqah come from? "Sadaqa" comes from the word "sidq," which means truth, and that's really, really. It's just, that in of itself is a, has a powerful message built within it. The idea is what that every time you're giving Sadaqah, you are proving sidq, you are you're, you are, are demonstrating the truth of your claim that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is above everything else, because money could be spent on anything, right? Any material thing you could use, you could save up your money and uh, use that money for that, for that thing. The moment you take that money and you spend it, and you've gotten rid of it, you're showing that, Ya Allah, you come first. And that is the Sidq, that is the truth behind it. In English, in simple English terms, put your money where your mouth is, right? Everybody, everybody knows this, this concept, right? You say something, okay, bet on it, you know? Put your, if you really believe it, then bet on it, right? Put your money where your mouth is. So, we understand this concept that people don't play around with money. When it comes to money, people, you know, people are more serious. And uh, we know that the Prophet ﷺ said, sadaqatu burhan." That "sadaqa is an evidence. So even the word "sadaqa" meaning sidq, implies that it's an evidence, that it's, it's proving the truth of your claim that you have faith. I mean, anybody can talk a good talk. But then when it's time to write the check, and I, to be perfectly honest, I've had a good amount of experience in this when it comes to anything that involves the youth. <laughs> because the parents will always say what? Oh, the youth, the youth, how can we guide the youth? How can we help the youth? And oh my God, it's so important. And oh, we would do anything if we could only you know, help the youth. And then, you know, okay, well, I have actually been giving halaqas regularly. And I have been garnering some interest from the youth to study Islam. And alhamdulillah, a few of them actually want to study Islam. But they need to be sponsored to do so. They don't have the wealth to do it. Do you think you guys can uh, you know, sponsor them? Oh, uh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Never hear from them again. I'm not talking about this community, by the way. So I don't want anybody to think that I'm pointing any fingers at anybody in this community. I'm new in this community. So uh, I'm not pointing any negative. I'm not trying to throw any negative vibes. And I'm not going to mention where, when, who, how. I'm just saying these things happen, okay? These things definitely happen. People talk a big talk about how we're so concerned. And the moment is the time to write the check. Uh... Where do they go? So Suddenly they lost your phone number, they can't call you, you can't call them, they can't return text messages, and so on and so forth. So, subhanAllah, uh, you can understand why, uh, put your money where your mouth is, A sadaqah burhan. Khair inshaAllah. The word as and as since we just did salah last time, and now we're doing as zakah, It's interesting to note, do you know how many times these two concepts come together in the Qur'an? Just guess, throw out a number zakah. Let's say When Allah says things like, uh, they pr- they establish prayer and they give in charity. Just throw out a number. How many times do you think these two concepts are right next to each other in the Qur'an? 40. 40? <laughs> 82. So pretty close, mashallah. He, he's the winner. He's the winner today. So, yeah, it's actually 82 times in the Qur'an Allah Ta'ala combines Salah and Zakah. And Now the question is why? What is... What is so significant about these two deeds? And Wallahu taala Allah knows best. But it seems to me that you can look at the world, you can look at yourself in relation to this existence from two perspectives. Your and, and I like to think of it in terms of vertical and horizontal. Two, there's two, there's two ways to look at the world: the vertical and the horizontal. Vertical is your spiritual connection with Allah taala. Horizontal is your uh, social connection with humanity. Okay, so. Naturally, you want to be a good, righteous believer. What does it take to be a good, righteous believer? Well, you should focus on two main relationships, the vertical one and the horizontal one. You should be the type of person that has a relationship with your Lord. You make dua regularly, you read the Qur'an, you study your deen, you practice, you pray your salawat. And that's represented by salat, because it's five times a day. It's something so consistent uh, that it really establishes your connection with your Lord. In fact, a strong opinion is that the word salah comes from the word sila, And sila means a connection. So it's your, it's your divine link, if you will. It's literally your divine link. That you're linking up five times a day and connecting and worshipping your Lord. So that's your vertical connection. Now in terms of your horizontal social connection, what is that representing? Your connection with humanity. How much you care about your fellow human being. How much you care to make some sort of positive impact in the world. You, we don't believe in Islam being like a, a Rahabaniya, like a, what's it called, a monasticism. Just going off into a mountain and like shutting yourself off from humanity and, uh, and ignoring everybody and saying, I just worship. We don't believe that. We believe that if you truly want to be spiritual, then you have to, yes, you, there's moments and times where you cut yourself off. I'tikaf, for example, or qiyam al-layl, for example. You, you just simply are alone with your Lord. But then during the daytime, you're a human being. You have to interact. You have to be part of uh, mankind and, and actually try to have a positive impact. And that's best represented, wallah Adam. it seems to be best represented by zakah. Because zakah is about taking the thing that you, you your prized possession, your money, And saying, Ya Allah, uh, it's not above your command. I give it. uh, And and it's also not uh, overly burdensome. If you're not above the nisab level, you don't have to give. And if you are above the nisab level, level, then you only have to give, like I said, one-fortieth of your excess wealth. You don't have to do zakat on your car or your phone or your house or any of these things. No, it's just whatever's in the bank, whatever is uh, uh, savings. So uh, it's a very Allah Ta'ala is very uh, merciful with us. And subhanAllah, Allah is the best of accountants. And uh, uh, subhanAllah, uh, we know that uh, if the whole world were to pay zakah, then poverty would be eradicated. If every single person took it upon themselves, it's not like communism, where everybody's exactly equal, because that's not fair. Some people work harder than others, some people are more talented than others. So, this idea of communism is saying, taking the person who are talented, and saying, I'm going to take all your wealth and make you equal to the person who's done nothing, that's just not fair. But at the same time, you know, if 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 you allow pure capitalism, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, and eventually... Uh, monopolization starts to take place and eventually uh, uh, society becomes destabilized. So uh, you have to have a balance in between. And wallahu ta'ala, it seems that zakah is the most uh, beautiful way of doing so. The Prophet ﷺ says what? Uh, the Prophet ﷺ says that Allah says in a hadith Qudsi, Anfiq ibn Adam, Anfiq ibn Adam, unfiqa alaik. That, O oh son of Adam, spend and I'll spend on you. So we as believers should have the attitude of what? that i know that every time let's say i'm having problems i'm having issues that as long as i keep being generous and spending what i can what is reasonable within my uh, limits within my limitations then inshallah allah will keep giving to me so this is the attitude that we the believer should have what is the importance of zakah? allah ta'ala says what wa in tabu if they uh, speaking about the mushrikeen the polytheists who were fighting the prophet wa in tabu wa wa fiddin, That if they, the polytheists, if they repent, and if they establish prayer, and if they give zakah, then they are your brothers in this religion. In other words, Allah Ta'ala included the prayer and the zakah. So it goes to show that this is like part of the establishment of Islam. What do we learn? What is a, what is a primary lesson that we learn from this concept of zakah? It is, another f- famous quote in, in, the, in English, in, in popular uh, movies and vernacular and so forth, with great power comes great responsibility. I'm sure you guys have all heard this, right? It's a very common quote. With great power comes great responsibility. That's really kind of, you could say, a, a major theme of the concept of zakat. Why? The more money you have, the more responsible you are to give. Because the percentage obviously increase or the, the percentage stays the same, the amount increases. Uh, 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 And same thing with uh, the less you have, then obviously you feel, and you are, less responsible in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is beautifully summarized when Allah ta'ala says what? الَّذِينَ إِمَّكَّنَّاهُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ أَقَامُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَآتَوَ الزَّكَاةَ وَأَمَرُوا بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَنَهَوْ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ وَلِلَّهِ عَاقِبَةُ الْأُمُورِ That Allah says... And those who, speaking about the believers, those who, if we give them authority in the land, as in, with, more, with great power comes great responsibility. The more authority we give you in the land, the believer is the one who, when he has that authority in the land, he establishes prayer, he gives zakah, and what? Uh, he enjoins good, uh, he, he, he uh, good and forbids evil. He commands the good and he forbids evil, and to Allah belongs the outcome of all matters. So yes, a very important lesson that we should remember is what? That if you feel that you don't have as much as you deserve, you feel like your status or your position should be higher, you should have more power. You know, some people, they feel like, you know, people don't recognize me for how great I am. I should be, you know, the king of the world. I should be the, the you know, I should be in such a great position in society or in this company or whatever the case is, right? People always feel like, oftentimes feel like, I'm not being given the recognition that I deserve. So maybe, perhaps, you can say to yourself... Maybe you have to consider the possibility that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees what you do with the little power that you have, and sees that what you do with whatever power you have is simply not enough. Allah ta'ala gave you this much and you're not fulfilling it. So why would he give you more? If he gives you more, it could be a fitna for you. It could be a source of trial and tribulation. Simple example would be if you go on, uh, I think there's some videos on YouTube about people who uh, won the lottery and like ruined their lives. You know, because obviously if you're if you're an irresponsible person, right, and you have a uh, 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 very little if you have very little power, you have very little money and influence and so forth, then actually your limitations are saving you because the moment you're given unlimited money and unlimited power, what happens? All of your demons start to become like, you know, gasoline on the fire, All every, all your bad habits and all your bad inclinations. Everybody just dumped a bunch of gasoline on that, that little fire that was burning, and boop, poof, it just goes up in, in flames. And so, you know, people who little, would party a little bit, but they didn't have much money, so their partying was limited. Now, no limits on partying. So, uh, they, you know, they fall into all sorts of bad habits like drugs, and, and they get into all sorts of debt, and they make all sorts of foolish pur- uh, purchases, and so on and so forth. They, it could ruin their lives. So Allah Ta'ala obviously knows who you are, and so perhaps the best thing that you can do for yourself is say, Ya Allah, if I'm being limited, Because I'm not being responsible, then I'm going to give more. And I'm going to try to, whatever I have, whatever little limited time I have, whatever ability I have, whatever uh, talents I have, whatever wealth I have, Ya Allah, I'm going to try to give it in your sake. And I'm going to ask you that you continuously increase me in good so I can keep producing more and more good. And so so this is the attitude that the believer should have. And this is, like I'm saying, reflected in wealth as well. What are the consequences of refusing to pay zakah? What are the consequences of refusing to pay zakah? Well, in this dunya, uh, uh, the Prophet says what? Yes, this is an uh, authentic hadith in Ibn Majah. Now, <laughs> the Prophet says what? They uh, they do not withhold zakah of their wealth, except that rain will be withheld from the sky. And were it not for the animals, no rain would come whatsoever. In other words, you remove barakah from the land. Hence, the word yezku means when increase, increase in barakah. Why? Because the more we're giving in charity to one another, the more Allah Taala puts barakah in the in the land, in the, in the, in the produce, in the harvest, in the, in the rain, in the in everything. Subhanallah, Allah simply sends more blessings to humanity, and so. The more and more you withhold and you're stingy, Allah Ta'ala simply removes the blessings, stops the rain to the point that almost nothing would come except for a little bit just because animals are still in need of survival. SubhanAllah. It's a very powerful hadith. That's in terms of dunya. What are the consequences of refusing to pay zakah in the next life? Allah Ta'ala tells us. <laughs> سَيُطَوَّقُونَ مَا بِهِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Samawati Wal Ardi, وَالْأَرْضِ وَاللَّهُ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ خَبِيرٌ And let not those who greedily withhold what Allah has given to them of His bounty to ever think that it is better for them, rather it is worse for them. Being stingy and holding on to your wealth when you know you're supposed to give in zakah, this is, you think it's good for you, oh no I'm just saving, this is worse for you. Their necks will be encircled by what they held onto on the day of the resurrection. Things, it'll, be, it'll be like hanging on them. It'll be a weight around their necks on judgment day. And to Allah belongs the inheritance of the heavens and the earth. And Allah is with what you do fully acquainted and fully aware of what you do. SubhanAllah. Allah Ta'ala also says, uh, O you who have believed, there are some amongst the scholars and monks who devour wealth of the people unjustly from the way of Allah. And those uh, who hoard gold and silver and spend it not in, in the way of Allah, give them the tidings of a painful punishment. Then Allah says, "What? Yoma alayha fi fi nari biha Subhanallah. Scary, scary ayah. Allah says, "What? The day when it will be heated, as in this, all this." Gold and silver that they were hoarding. The day that it will be heated up and melted, to uh, 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 you know, like when you brand, when you when you brand an animal, you know, you make it glowing hot. The way, the day that it will be heated up to the point, uh, uh, and they, it will be seared where on their foreheads, on their sides, and on their backs. And when, uh, and it'll be said to them, "This is what you hoarded for yourselves. So, so taste what you used to hoard." So, Subhanallah, when people who claim to be practicing and righteous and so forth when they're hoarding up their wealth and they refuse to give on Yom al qiyamah all that wealth will be heated up it'll be branded on their foreheads on their sides and on their backs and I went into tafsir uh, to check what, what, why, what's the significance of these positions Wallah uh, ta'ala I'm sure there are many different commentaries but one that you know I thought was, was interesting was from Al-Alusi rahimahullah he says why what does their heads represent it represents their pomp and their arrogance you know, you gotta, you, you know when people say a person that acts arrogant you got a big head you know, and you put your head above everybody else, you think, you're, you think you're above everybody. So, the heads, it's because of their pride and their arrogance. Uh, they got basically a big head. The sides represent what? It represents the excess fat and, and weight that they were... Why? Because they were hoarding. And they were, just put, they were just consuming. What are you eating so much for? Give it fisa binillah. You're, you don't need that much. In fact, it's, it's visibly... Uh, you can see the negative effects of so much consumption. Subhanallah. So these are the sides; they represent, you know, love handles, if you will. And then finally, uh, 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 they say the backs. What does the backs represent? It represents uh, each time you showed indifference and turned your back upon the poor. Every time you turned your backs upon the poor, you're going to get burned for that purpose. Subhanallah. So in summary, those who are hoarding, they're hoarding why? Because it is a source of their arrogance, it is a source of their unhealthiness, and is a source of their indifference. All three are represented. Arrogance, being overweight, and also being indifferent. So subhanAllah, may Allah protect us from these uh, uh, bad qualities. May Allah ta'ala make us of those who we give and we don't overconsume, whether it be literally or uh, figuratively. Wallahu well, ta'ala, Adam knows best. And obviously, be concerned. Be concerned. There's people that are starving. You know, and subhanAllah, in the United States, people are literally eating themselves to death. This is a well-known fact that one of the greatest causes of death is overeating. And I mean, you just think about that. There's parts of the world where people are dying, d- dying because they don't have food, and other people are eating themselves to death. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. It's truly remarkable. SubhanAllah. So may Allah protect And by the way, these, this is, these is also... I don't have the hadith on me right now, but uh, these, this is mentioned in various hadith about signs of Judgment Day, uh, uh, that uh, near the end times people will suffer from uh, obesity and so forth. So, um, there are different hadith that mention that Prophet ﷺ, he said... Uh, I'm not going to go through the entire narration. It's in Bukhari, uh, uh, however. And it mentions that there will be people who you will find them with the animals. Uh, so the animals that they used to hoard and not give zakat on the animals, like these different various farmers, they will be trampled by those animals on Judgment Day. They will be trampled by them. And some people will show up with these animals hanging around their necks. And they will be saying, uh, Oh, Muhammad, like, intercede for me. They'll be calling to the Prophet Wasallam. And I will say, I can't help you, for I conveyed Allah's message to you. In other words, the Prophet will repeatedly say, I can't help you. Even though they're calling and saying, help me, help me. You know, I'm, I have all this, you know, weighing me down and, and, and burdening me. It's like, well, I told you what to do. I told you, don't just keep consuming. Give the appropriate amount. Allah Ta'ala has made certain rights that you have to give, but they just didn't listen. Do you think you could uh, off and on one time? Just like okay. So we'll continue in part two, inshallah.